Hi everybody, it's April 5th, 2020. For one of our healthcare workers on the front lines in New York City, it is day 17. This is his story. Day 16, I cried more today than I have in a very long time. I'm mostly able to balance my logical with my emotional self. It keeps me focused and I felt balanced at the start of my ICU shift last night. Things started off relatively smooth, the ICU was calm, but that calmness is an aberration during these times. That calmness does not usually apply to the ICU, nor does calmness apply to my mom, sis, family, friends, and colleagues who care about me and my well-being. I now get calls or texts daily from mummy asking if I'm okay, and last night was no different. Some nights I hear her attempting to hold back tears while saying she is proud of me, but that she's scared for me and to make sure I take care of myself. I missed her call last night, so she texted me asking if I was okay. I simply responded, at work, all good. But it has been bothering me how much she worries for me nowadays. I then received this text from my sister not long after mummy's. How are you doing? I don't know what I was dreaming about, but I woke up yelling your name. I am worried about you and I love you so much, even if you make me mad sometimes. So please be safe and take care of yourself. I also texted her back, all good. But this time I found myself choking up a little. My baby sister couldn't sleep because she is so worried about me and that effing sucks. And inevitably, my ICU shift absolutely sucked as well. But not because we didn't function well as a team or practice great medicine or give it our all. We absolutely did, but it was hard. And the grim reality of the tsunami approaching our New York City shores became readily apparent. And by the end of the night, my mind was a jumble and I started to lose my balance. I shared the difficulties of the night with my colleagues this morning. They were all extremely supportive, including my chairman, who personally called to ask me how I was doing and to thank me for all the hard work I'm putting in being on the front lines. I told him, thank you so much for the call, but I am fine. But I was also numb. I did not immediately go home because I stayed to do a fit test for a P100 mask which I'm grateful my institution has made available to us. But I rushed out after to get home and enacted the same thing I do every time I go home now, strip and shower. I then plopped myself on the couch and then poured myself some whiskey. I needed a drink. I was tired. I was numb. I needed to decompress and not think. So I was texting my buddy and told him how well the appraisal for my refinance went. He said I should just sell and move back to LA. And then I said, F that, I may not even be alive. It honestly started off as a joke in my mind, but then my mind continued to type. Last night was depressing. He told me to call him. And over the next 26 minutes and nine seconds, I was no longer numb. My feelings came back in their entirety and I bawled. 
Bald telling him how there are so many patients dying in the ICU. Bald at how our entire night was running to one rapid response to the next for worsening COVID-19 patients on the floor, to managing decompensating patients in the ICU. Bald at the young adult who we coded one year younger than me. And then bald even more because of how afraid I was during the code for my own life and how selfish I felt as a result. And the tears just wouldn't stop. I kept bawling and shaking. Maybe it was because I was tired or a bit tipsy or both, but the tears were real. My friend Rob, who came this morning to drop off some cookies as a thank you for my hard work, can vouch for the above. My logical self gave way to my emotional self because the things I experienced, logic could not explain. The time has arrived at many New York City hospitals where there is no longer a choice but to deny sick, dying people a breathing tube who are deemed unlikely to survive even if they were to be intubated. Where people who have a very low chance of survival will not be coded to the fullest extent. Where patients may have their vents transferred to someone else who has a better chance of survival. DNI and DNR decisions being made by those who never wanted those types of decisions to be theirs in the first place. Absolutely horrific and devastating. My greatest fears have come true. This is happening. This is truly a disaster. We have reached the point of where we have no choice but to direct our resources to those with the greatest chance of survival and benefit to us all. And just because you don't see it or believe it doesn't make it any less true. Those touting they live in America, the land of the free, whose arrogance makes them believe they will never be denied the choice of what happens to themselves or a loved one. Well, this is your reality check. But please continue to believe it's effing hysteria created by the media, even though you can see with your own eyes refrigeration trucks and tents being loaded with body bags. Please keep gathering in crowds while ironically taking pictures of the Navy ship Comfort, which is specifically here to help battle this crisis you have created. Please keep denying reality. Keep touting statistics you don't understand as proof this is no big deal. Keep infecting others and yourself and your loved ones. Please bring more people to overwhelmed emergency departments and hospitals where physicians will have no choice but to ration resources based on decisions of who has the highest chance of survival and who does not. That could be you. It could be a loved one. It could be a complete stranger. No, your choice could have led to someone who was refused treatment and must now die as a result. No, your choice may have led to someone suffering and dying alone in the hospital, like the young adult last night. 
we'll just keep having to build more makeshift morgues and bringing in more refrigerated trucks. And if you find out at some point your choice directly led to the death of a loved one, you deserve the guilt you will feel for the rest of your life because the choice you made was stupidity and I will not waste one tear on you because I need to save those tears for all those lives that will be lost in the coming days. I need to save those tears for humanity. But most importantly, I need to save those tears for myself. I won't allow myself to get used to death or allow my well of tears to dry up or allow the numbness to become permanent. In short, I refuse to ever lose my humanity, even if others have lost theirs. If ever there were a wake-up call, this is it. When I started this podcast, I said, and I still mean, this is not a show about politics. It is a show that takes what is going on in our world and talks about it within the context of politics and everything else. This young doctor was not making a political statement. He was crying for help. And it is unconscionable that in this country, in this day and this age, that our frontline healthcare workers do not have what they need. We have got to come together as humanity and do what is right for each other. We have to stop the finger pointing and the blaming, deal with this crisis, and know that the choices that we are making today are literally life and death choices. Please listen to what our healthcare workers need and let's get them what they need to keep themselves and all of us safe. The last thing I wanna to say today is that going forward on Our Voices Matter for the next foreseeable weeks and months, however long. It is my vow to use this platform to give voice to those who are dealing with this crisis, who feel that their voices are not being heard. So if yours is one of those voices, I urge you to reach out to me and let us know what it is that you want to say. What is it that is not being talked about in terms of this crisis and how it's affecting all of us as human beings, what is the message that you wanna get out? Let's get it out there and let's fight this together so we can come out on the other side and get back to being the human race that is connected because we are connected to each other. We've gotta get through this together. Please, I look forward to hearing from you.
If you have a story you'd like to share regarding the COVID-19 crisis, a story that you think is important for the country to hear, please reach out to us at contact at laurelmedia.com. That's contact at L-O-R-E-L-L-E-M-E-D-I-A.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Be well.